What's up and welcome to another episode of Life with Football. This is episode six. I'm your host, Kyle Smith from Platform Sports League. Man, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since our last episode. We've got a lot going on with Platform Sports League. Um, really, it's this, this time has given me the opportunity over the last few weeks just to, to really sit down, get some plans on paper, and iron out what exactly we want to get done with PSL like what is it going to be what's the vision what do we want to get out of this um so I'm excited about that um I'm not I'm not a fan of not putting out content regardless of what's going on I should be sharing anybody should be sharing what they have um you know on their plate and basically just just trying to relate to the audience put things out there and celebrate what I'm trying to celebrate which is football uh immediately in the Indiana area and, and beyond so um I want to tell you about a little bit uh, a little bit of a partnership or a partnership that I'm involved with uh it's with an organization called CE Stars um they're here in Indianapolis they're also up in Michigan uh it's ran by Chris Evans who is a tailback running back for the University of Michigan. Uh, more so, he's from Indianapolis, hometown guy, uh, Ben Davis High School. And and really, I got a chance to meet them, uh, meet Chris and his staff and his organization, uh, maybe a month or so, maybe two months, month and a half, two months back. And I, I just love being a part of the conversation. I really am a fan of what he and what they are doing. Um, really have similar similar visions. And honestly, for me, it was just a chance to get around like-minded people, right? Trying to provide value, put it out there for the kids and, and see if we can help move kids to that next level. So, uh, it's a partnership. So literally he was kind enough to welcome me in. They, uh, you know, I said kind of on a board seat, um, partner seat with CE stars and, but at the same time, running Platform Sports League as this sports media company around here in the area. Um, so I'm excited about it. It gives me the chance to, to learn from them, um, get around them for ideas, motivation, all that stuff, which is huge. This is what I need. Uh, but at the same time, work with everybody across the city, across the state, um, and just the ultimate goal with the ultimate goal of providing value for um, players, athletes, parents, uh, anybody around the game of football and bringing out those stories and celebrating that stuff. So I couldn't be more excited. And the reason I'm talking about that is over these next few episodes, I have a pretty great lineup, uh, which I'm really excited about. We're going to be more consistent pumping out episodes every week, every Wednesday. Um, the podcast is going to go up at 6 a.m. every Wednesday. And then the YouTube video, the video of the podcast is going to pop out on new at noon that same day. Um, so what CE Stars has done, what Chris has done, has brought in, he's brought in a couple of speakers, right? Coaches um, from his past or, or any type of connection and created Zoom meetings with some of the coaches on CE Stars staff from Michigan, from up in Michigan and here in Indiana. Um, so really, uh, over these next few episodes, I'm just a spectator, right? I was kind of coordinating on the back end technology, making sure the Zoom meeting was going, but... <clears throat> 
At the same time, I was a I was one of the guys listening and and learning from these coaches um, and asking a few questions along with the Q and A session. So, like I said, Chris and CE Stars were kind enough to allow me to use this content for uh, for the podcast just to further um, my mission of just providing value in a football sense and really just getting these coaches' stories out. Um, and, and really getting into the X's and O's and techno, uh, you know, science of football, which I love. So without further ado, the first guest, um, or the guest in episode six is coach Pep Hamilton. Okay. If you don't know who Pep Hamilton is, please do a quick search and check out the resume. All right. I'm going to a resume real quick here. Um, this guy has got experience. Okay. So most recently right now, Pep Hamilton is the is currently the quarterback coach for the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay, so LA Chargers. He had a stint, obviously, the, early this year uh, in the XFL as the head coach for the DC Defenders, and before that had several different stops. So he was at the University of Michigan, where he connected with Chris as a running back. Um, he was with the Cleveland Browns for a year. And what he's probably most known for or, or, you know, most in the spotlight when he was around Andrew Luck as the offensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts. And before that was at Stanford uh, with David Shaw and Luck as well. And, and before that, plenty of other stops and, and a great coaching career. Man, he provided so much value in this conversation. Um, so many gems, so many gems. I encourage you to kind of stick with the full conversation. We go everywhere from his coaching journey um, to the pandemic right now with COVID, uh, what he's doing and how he's fine tuning his his coaching skills and his um, you know his tool belt, and also just breaking it down to the simplest form of even working with his sons and uh, with CE Stars up in Michigan, and really just boiling down to the important stuff on how he coaches and the message that he's trying to relay. Um, we even get to some great tidbits. He even pops on some film of Andrew Luck, some quarterback drills, and and going through technique and throwing the football. Man, it's great stuff. It's great stuff. So without further ado, we're going to jump in. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Uh, again, we're going to get this going every week. Stay with me. I appreciate your support. Let's go. Appreciate that, Chris. Um, I also appreciate what uh, Coach Marv just said with regards to being intentional and more importantly, uh, meeting the audience, you know, not just your players meet them where they are. You know, those are a couple of things that uh, I think when I look back at 2019 and thus far in 2020, uh, one of the things that really helped me as a coach was in 2019, when I, um, for the first time in 20 years, when I actually had time to be a part of my kids' daily routine. Um, my XFL schedule, um, similar to what I'm dealing with now, it allowed me to work from home last year. And so what I did is I, um, I took that time to, um, and hopefully you guys can appreciate this, to practice coaching uh, by using the kids in the C's that was playing within the CE Stars program 
as kind of my lab rats, you know, in a very positive way. But um, last year, it really helped, uh, it helped me to simplify just my method, my methodology, you know, just uh, how I coached and how I taught. Uh, I, I think that a lot of times as coaches, uh, we get caught up in, in just at times, just showing and displaying the wealth of knowledge and information that we may have. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, your players and the audience being able to fully understand what it is that you're teaching. And then they ultimately have to be able to apply it. And so Chris don't know it, but uh, all of last year, uh, you know, I was able to make it to, um, to the majority of the practices, the tournaments, uh, and granted my son was his quarterback, but uh, it gave me a chance to, um, to really work on being as succinct and simple in my message as I possibly could, you know? And, and so it, you know, the true test for me was, uh, really just getting those 13, 14 year old boys to, uh, to understand something that can ultimately, ultimately be layered and complicated, but it was going to be really my ability to make it simple for them. All right. That would allow them to go out and play fast and execute consistently. And, uh, we had a pretty good team, you know, right. Chris had a pretty good team. They won another state championship and, and uh, have fun with that season. And uh, that really segued into my son's middle school season, a tackle football where I volunteered and coached the offensive line for a seventh grade middle school team. And uh, the, the kids didn't know it, but once again, it was me just really, just like doctors practice medicine, lawyers practice law. I was practicing and rehearsing coaching, you know? And by the time my uh, DC defenders, my XFL season started, I had really come up with ways to reduce the amount of verbiage that was needed to explain certain things. I wanted to be as succinct as possible. And even now with our quarterbacks, we drafted Justin Herbert from Oregon to the LA Chargers and the offense that he played in in college and throughout his high school career uh, didn't require that he ever take a snap from under center. So his first time, all right, putting his middle finger in the crack of a center was at the senior bowl this past year. And then in preparation for his uh, pro day, and it, it was foreign to him. He looked like a fish out of water trying to do something that he hadn't done um, in his entire life, you know. And so my challenge the past few weeks has been uh, really just via Zoom, all right, trying to get him to understand the, the, the biomechanics of the body without complicating it. Just basically, hey, your body wants to rotate and stay in balance, all right? The misnomer of dropping back, quarterbacks don't drop back, they run back. They run back and they just happen to be looking downfield. So don't restrict your body by getting tight and creating stress and tension in your upper body and distorting the balance of your lower body. I won't get into the, the, the technical part just yet. I'll give you guys a chance to ask any football questions you want uh, once I finish. Um, but um, it was, it's, 
it's been a challenge, but I think I'm better prepared for this challenge because of my experiences over the past 16 to 18 months. You know, uh, I, I was on the phone before I got on with you guys with um, Tom Telesco. He's the GM for the Chargers. And then Oliver Luck. Uh, I got a good laugh with Oliver. I heard that um, he had to sue the uh, XFL. I don't know if you guys heard about that. Uh, for uh, a bundle of money because they shut down the league or whatever. But the conversation was, um, you know, I said, I feel like I'm better prepared for what we're about to experience in the NFL this year solely because of what I experienced last year in the uh, XFL. You know, I am so prepared because of the uh, uh, restrictions that we had with regards to access to our players and, uh, the, uh, the, the, we had to have the ability to adapt to the technology um, and uh, using Zoom, whatever it was. Um, my mentality was adapt, improvise, and overcome, all right? But for us as coaches, uh, I can't say it enough. You have, to, you have to practice coaching. You have to rehearse, all right? Um, in at times, how are you gonna deliver a message, okay? And then specifically from a, you know, not to be overly technical once again, you have to troubleshoot, all right, techniques and fundamentals continuously. It's, it's every quarterback that, that I've coached or that I've had a chance to develop and be around, they had a, a different way, a different throwing process, all right? None of them have, have been the same. And, uh, but what I've done is, I have a, a son who's a seventh grader who will be an eighth grader next year who's 14. I constantly, all right, follow him into his different football environments. And uh, under the circumstances we have now, we go out three days a week with high school kids and college kids that are stuck at home. And we go out and we work. And, and we practice, um, you know, we try and use a regression methodology. We're, and what I mean when I say that is, we work on, we take the, the things that players are going to be asked to do in the game and then try and pattern our drills and our routine and the things that we rehearse on the practice field, all right, solely on what they have to do in games, okay? And that gives me a chance to, to really come up with ways and methods and a progression of teaching those things. And um, even just today, we worked on, we had seven receivers there, two quarterbacks. I spent part of my time uh, with the quarterbacks, just taking them through uh, a drop back progression, a routine that uh, we do before any throwing workout. But then I spent the remainder of the time before we got together as one big group, just working on coaching the receiver group, you know, and working on just the basics, dance and start, and how I communicated that releasing versus press, all right? Teaching them the different techniques at the top of their routes. Really just trying to keep it as simple as a one, two, three approach and having a, a, a pro progression of teaching it that wouldn't confuse them. So uh, to sum up the point that I wanted to make is, um, you know, we gotta use this time wisely, man. This time is, is, uh, is time that's gonna be hard to come by in the future once we get back into our normal routine, all right? We can't take for granted that, man, it was boring. We don't have a bunch of time, man. If you guys can see the setup I have here, um, and I'm just talking about just 
my old playbooks and um, just the film and old CDs and just now is the time for me to, to really go and sort through some of the stuff that I've been saying I'm going to get to or I'm going to go watch this team. You know, I watch all of Baltimore's offense and uh, watch them embarrass teams running the football this year. You know, I watch Patrick Mahomes and he's an alien, you know, all right? It's hard to recreate the things that he's able to do. But then I go back and I watch some of the top college players. I've sat with my son and I've watched uh, the so-called four-star, five-star quarterbacks because, you know, he's a young quarterback. He wants to play quarterback in high school and in college, you know. But every day we're very intentional in what we do with our time, you know. I, um, I was, we had a meeting uh, with our players uh, via Zoom at the Chargers and um, I wrote just a few notes of uh, what I wanted to share uh, with the team. And, and I actually shared it with the kids that was out in practice today. All right, with regards to football, you know, and what they signed up for. And I want to share it with you guys. All right. Uh, my theme at the DC Defenders with that team was I needed our guys to embrace pain. You know, if, if a kid's mom heard that, you know, I don't know that she would take that the right way. Okay. But the reality is when you sign up to play football, you sign up for pain, all right, discomfort, inconvenience. And then ultimately it's a battle between you and your nature. You know what I mean? And so that's, that's exactly the message that I wanted to convey just to create the right perspective and mentality for the guys that, that, um, that say they need football, you know, cause you got to need football to play football in college and of course to play in the national football league, because you're guaranteed to have pain, discomfort, inconvenience, and things that aren't, aren't right. You know, you're going to be put in compromising situations. So what I wrote is we have to, we have to schedule and win a daily encounter with pain, discomfort, inconvenience in our nature to prepare ourselves to play winning football, all right? Embrace the warfare between your mind and your body, all right? More is more, less is not more. Finish every rep, exhaust your body to strengthen your mind, okay? All right, that is on the field, okay? But the mentality applies to your preparation prior to getting on the field, you know? Before we go out on the field in these somewhat uh, casual workouts, they're not really casual, but uh, I try and, and just the same way we would if we were going to practice and get ready for a state championship game or to get ready for uh, the big game, all right? I write out a little schedule and a routine and, and I, I go out of my way to make sure that everybody that's involved with that process, that they understand the how, the what, and the why of what we're doing, you know? And then now they can wrap their minds around, okay, all right, in order for me to be, all right, efficient at this, at the speed ladder, all right, I have to activate my hands so that my feet can move fast, you know? Just, I wanna give them answers. I want them to have, a comprehensive understanding of what it is that I'm asking them to do, you know? And uh, I found in time that 
what it does is they figure it out, you know, and they, they focus on, all right, what they feel, okay, all right? And, and I challenge them to never focus on what they feel. I want them to focus on what we have to get done, you know, but at least they can sensationalize the technique, all right, or what it is that I'm trying to instruct them to do. And if somebody can't do it, or if they're not doing it right, that's on me. Obviously, I didn't do a good enough job of communicating it because I'm not asking them to do anything that physically they can't do, you know? And there's times when, you know, we had a, a kid uh, from um, another school that was out there today, younger kid, not sure which grade he's in, what grade he's in, Chris, but um, some of the, the techniques and the movements were, was foreign to him. And I said, okay, it would have been easy for me to say, all right, just get in the back of the line, all right? No, all right, that's not, it was my challenge and I was charged with that responsibility of, okay, how can I now massage the message and convey it to him in a way to get him to be able to process and do it, you know, all right? And I even had to add a step, his stance and start. For example, he was a receiver. His stance and start, all right, before when the ball was snapped, he would sink down and then take off, okay? There was some wasted movement, you know what I mean, coach? And, um, and so instead of me just saying to him, hey, you know, don't fall step, don't fall step, all right? We went back and I took out my phone and I showed him, because some of these kids are visual, you know, visual learners. I showed him what was happening. He was going from this position and he was sinking down before he came off the ball. And it was a real simple concept from this standpoint. Just that move that you're making to get lower in your stance, that should be your stance. He understood that, but it took me showing him, all right, just a short video, all right, of himself and what he was doing okay and then giving him that solution it goes back to practicing medicine or practicing law our job as coaches is to teach demand and provide solutions provide answers and the only way that you're going to do that is that you have to have enough um experience all right in taking different all right issues and addressing those issues, you know? All right, and then you gotta have that reference point. And for about two minutes, after I saw him do it wrong once or twice, I was totally fixated on, I gotta fix this kid, you know? That was my challenge, because that's, that's why I'm out there. I'm out there to really practice and, and get better at, all right, articulating ways to resolve issues and address fundamental problems. I do that with our quarterbacks. I do that with all right, any player that I'm charged with coaching. You know, just, hey, how, you know, and it, it, it consumes me. That's when you end up overnight just going back and let me find the cutoff, you know. Let me go find some examples. I made a little video, got the kid's number from my son, all right, found the old clip of, uh, a receiver's pass that was doing it the right way, boom, made a little video, we shot him a text, okay? All right, 
And now I can't wait until Friday when he comes back out to see if he can, can actually do it. All right? And uh, there's no doubt in my mind that the game is learned, is not taught. Is learned, is not taught. My um, career path is somewhat non-traditional. Um, and in me saying that the game is learned, not taught, we are a product of our exposure. I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, played one position my entire life, okay? And uh, played quarterback. Had a really good high school coach. Um, had a lot, he had a lot of success. We had a good football team. I ended up going to Howard in Washington, D.C. And my college coach played 10 years in the NFL. He played three years at receiver for the Cowboys, 79, 80, 81, and then seven years at cornerback for the Broncos, okay? All right. Ended up playing in uh, two Super Bowls and um, played with John Elway. And uh, I said all that to say that I learned defense from my, my college coach, and uh, you organically learn offense as a quarterback. But in understanding the intricacies of defense, it made me a better offensive coach. Does that make sense? All right. I know all, you know, I don't know. I, I felt like I, I knew the rules of the coverages. I understood how the fronts and the co coverages were coordinated, you know. I understood gap integrity, gap control. Um, if you guys are familiar with um, kind of my philosophy of, of offense, all right, all the championship teams I've ever been a part of, the winning teams that I've ever been a part of, our quarterback played well because we could run the football. Sounds ridiculous, but they played well because we could run the football. And, um, and lo and behold, um, you wouldn't believe it, but my preferred offensive position to coach is O-line, you know? I'm 200 pounds, but I'd like to get in there and try and coach double teams and down blocks and reach blocks, pass sets, you know? All right, because that's the driving force all right, to offensive football, you know, just the guys up front. But I don't want to go off on another tangent. I want to, you know, open um, this discussion and open the floor to answer any questions that you may may have about anything, you know, uh, with regards to coaching, uh, teaching, strategy, technique, whatever it may be. Yeah, I got one. I got one. Uh, I'm, I'm one of the high school uh, defensive coordinators um, for the C Stars, and I, I've been able to coach high school, coaching some college. But just, I, I guess the question that I got for you is, as a young coach, as a young coach, you know, what what advice can you give us to to get into that next level? And and who do we have to? Because again, we all hear the saying, you know, it's it's who you know, you know. But what what's the the biggest thing that you can tell, you know, give us knowledge wise? on how to get to the next level. And, and, and when we do get to the next level, you know, how to stay there because I mean, you, you've been in some, some pretty yeah. cool little spots. So, so that, that, I mean, that's the big question that I got for you. Well, I, I think um, first and foremost, uh, you have to attract an audience of people that can provide you opportunities 
by how you produce and what you produce in your current situation. You understand? I coached, I played at an HBCU, limited resources, and I coached. My first coaching job was also at Howard, you know? And um, uh, the only reason that the trajectory of my career changed was because I coached a quarterback, all right, at Howard that attracted the attention of all 32 NFL teams, all right? Quarterback by the name of Ted White back in 1997, 98, whenever it was, okay? And what happened was, you know, um, the teams came in to meet and work out Ted, and during that process, they wanted to, you know, pretty much get an idea of the system that he played in in college and that he learned. And, uh, and that, you know, resulted, that uh, ended up, you know, uh, putting me in a, a situation where I was sitting down and having conversations with NFL coordinators, GMs, all the above. Well, make a long story short, Kansas City Chiefs back in 1999 called and asked if I wanted to come in and uh, serve as an intern. And then three years later, two years later, that staff that was in Kansas City, all right, uh, Marty Schottenheimer and his staff ended up taking the job, taking the, uh, taking over the uh, New York Jets franchise, and they offered me a full-time position. And uh, from that point, it was, you know, hey, just being a part of a tree and and uh, ultimately getting opportunities um, to 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 move along with people that were a part of that tree. But unless you can get Mike Shanahan or Marty to adopt you, all right? When you have that audience, all right? You got to know your shit stone cold, you know? Because I was, I was competing against the offensive coordinators, young son that hadn't even finished college yet, you know? <laughs> For those quality control positions, you know what I'm saying? And, right, right. You know, but it was, at the end of the day, I think, um, there was no questioning, questioning my work ethic and my commitment to the job. And then, um, then just my, my willingness, all right, to be coached and learn, as well as just having a certain football acumen, all right, from, have, from, uh, from the exposure that I had uh, with my college coach, as I mentioned, who played 10 years in the NFL. So I probably knew more about NFL defense uh, coming out of college than I did college football, all right, in college defense. So. Just always be prepared, uh, do a great job of uh, coaching the kids that you have now and uh, maximize the situation that you're in now, maximize this opportunity. I appreciate that, man, thank you. You got it. Hey, Coach Pep, how you doing? My What's question, I guess, will be, what do you think will be the biggest hurdle for us as coaches, you know, to, to try to focus on with the kids, you know, being that a lot of them probably haven't been working out as much due to, you know, the whole pandemic versus the ones who have been working out. And um, I guess what what way would you suggest would be the best way to tackle that kind of situation coming out well, of this I think, whole situation? I, I think you guys, we all have to be proactive, all right? I'm going to tell you what. What's different today than when we were coming up is this thing right here, all right? 
guarantee you for a total of about three hours a day, those kids that you're talking about that aren't working out, they're out here, right? Their eyes are down and they're scrolling something, right? Use this resource to um, create a perspective for these kids. One thing, uh, another resource and tool that, man, that is, is great, all right, uh, for, for kids today is the YouTube and all of these videos and all the access to, that they have to all this information, all right, um, that, um, that, that you can use to really create a perspective for them, all right? There's times when I know my son, he tuned me out, you know, he wanted to anyway. He wanted to tune out the constant barking, right? So what I do is there's been times when I've called Chris and said, hey, Chris, talk to Jackson about this little girlfriend he said he had, you know, he, he met at school, all right? I use, you know, I use the kids that are around him or, you know, just uh, people that he look up to to communicate, them, communicate with them at times. But the other thing I do is I find these hype videos, you know, Eric Thomas, uh, all these motivational speakers that got a little music with their video or uh, one, or, or, or I'll go find, uh, 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 what's his name, uh, that just got picked up by the uh, Bengals, the quarterback, Joe Burrow highlights, Tua highlights, Hearst highlights, and I send them to him. You know, I'll send it to him in the morning. And then after I know he's watching, I'll come and say, hey, man, what you want to do today? You know, all right. If that's what you want, this is what you got to do. You know, all right. I got a, a, a group of kids that, um, that you know, that can consist of uh, a few college kids that are in the area. All right. A few high school. All right. And uh, a couple that are Jackson's age, my son's age, that we created a group text. And, you know, that's the crew that, hey, when the weather permits, all right, anybody want to get better? You know, you put it on them. And that, that group, that's peer pressure, you know? All right, what are you doing today to get better? You know, just use the resources to, um, to, to really just, all right, uh, progressively, all right, dropping on them that, hey, we're going to go out today. Today we ran, Chris, we ran eight tempo runs, 70 yards, 14 seconds each with a 30 second rest in between. They knew it was coming, okay? And they probably didn't wanna show up, okay? But we followed that up, that text, uh, after I sent, okay, this is what we're gonna do today before we run routes, all right? I sent them that note about, all right, uh, with have a daily encounter with pain, discomfort, you know? Do you need football? And uh, just to paint a, you know, create a perspective and paint a picture all right, for those kids of what it really takes to be successful because football is a game that you have to need. You got to need it. You know, it's been my entire life. That's all I've ever, that's all my kids have ever known. It's the only, uh, I've never had, this is the only thing that I've ever seen in my life. Play or coach football. This is all I know, you know. Hey coach, I got a quick question for you. Jason, that was a good question. Good to see you, by the way, too, Jason. Um, Coach, I have two young quarterbacks. I have an 8- and an 11-year-old. And uh, to build their arm strength, do you have an opinion on using a bigger ball, a smaller ball, getting their confidence built up? And then two um, is that, you know, they're of the smaller size. They're, they're great athletes. They play four sports, of course, not trying to isolate them yet. Um, mm -hmm. When do you make the decision if that's it for them? Or should we start focus on running back or, or a little bit of both? Or 
I just mm -hmm. wanted your opinion. One on ball size, if it matters, and then two from a position of skill set. Yeah, and without a doubt, you want to uh, try as much as you can to, um, to allow them to use a ball that fits their grip, you know. And, and, and what that's going to do is that's going to ultimately, all right. And Phillip Rivers survived having a heavy ball, and he's learned to function with that awkward release, all right. But um, that's not ideal. You know, you want your kid to be able to, um, to generate and start his throwing process, but generate force through the ground. And you don't want a heavy ball to distract, all right, that ground-based force and cause him now to compensate and lean or wind up or overextend uh, like he's throwing off for pitchers now. You don't want to distort the throwing process. So I do agree that you want to um, use a ball as the appropriate side, you know. Uh, I think that'll be beneficial for them in the long run. Uh, and then as, um, and then the other pieces with regards to playing other sports, I think that only helps them. That only helps all right, a quarterback to, um, to be able to go out and compete and lead and uh, develop those intangibles that you're going to need to play one of the toughest positions in all competitive sports. Uh, we cross-train um, in our preparation to play football and play quarterback we cross-train by, uh, by boxing and by also just playing baseball every once in a while, you know? That's where it all started for me. My dad was a, a boxing trainer. My dad was a cop, and uh, he, he coached boxing through PAL. And uh, I knew how to get in a stance and, and, and function with leverage and balance and transition my weight and my lower body to throw a punch before I ever picked up a football. Once I picked up a football, um, it was somewhat of a natural movement for me. Uh, as far as coaching young quarterbacks, uh, my approach has always been, all right, in, in transitioning from sport to sport, because I struggled with this probably about four years ago. My son's a really good golfer, you know, really good golfer. Um, and he also played baseball, all right, and what I, and, and he plays quarterback, but I didn't do a great job when he was maybe 10 years old, of uh, giving him enough instruction in how to transition from sport to sport. We had days where we had, you know, you guys, travel baseball is a racket, you know, it's 60 games in two months. But he had a baseball game in the morning and a in golf practice or a golf match in the afternoon. And I saw him a couple times all right, holding his baseball bat with an interlocking grip like he had a golf club in his hand, you know, all right, or vice versa, okay? Well, um, what I immediately started to do in transitioning from throwing a football to picking up a baseball to boxing or whatever it was to golf is I always coach the start and the finish. The stance, all right, the stance, and the finish for the respective sports. You with me on that, Coach? Because think of it. Think about it. Think of it this way. We do know this. Whether or not we're hitting a baseball, boom, we're going to finish by transferring the weight in our lower body and our belly buttons at the target. We're throwing a football, we're going to finish with the same transfer of weight in your lower body, right? Throwing a punch, we're going to finish the same way. When he swing a golf club, he's going to finish the same way. So the finish is going to happen, all right, 
without thinking about it, if you allow it to happen. Now I just had to go back and say, okay, son, all right, football, relax your shoulders, all right, real, just really simple coaching points, all right, to give him the sensation of what that stance should be. Relax your shoulders, okay? You got a good base, but relax your shoulders. And I just tell them to just tilt that front shoulder just a bit, okay? That's going to allow us to load on our backside, okay? All right? Don't overcoach anything else. Just tell them, don't do anything that's going to inhibit your ability to finish with your belly button at the target. In baseball, all right, we all know that, you know, there's a proper way to hold it back, but you're still loading that back, back leg, right? So it's just a different way of loading the leg and you're holding the back. In boxing, it's really no different, but you end up in more of a frontal position, all right? But you're still pushing the movement off that back leg, but the finish is the same. And then golf, all right? So the long answer to your question was, all right, appropriate ball, ball size. I do agree that that's important, all right? But uh, as far as the kid playing other sports, there's nothing wrong with that, all right? Think about this. The MVP of the NFL, all right, and the Super Bowl MVP, all right, are both kids that if they were drafted 10 years ago, all right, they would have been drafted to play other positions, okay? Free agents at best. The game has changed. Now they're allowing the best player on the little league team, junior high school, high school team to play quarterback. They're just giving them the ball, and coaches have gotten smart enough to know, okay, do what they can do. Meet them where they are, all right? Instead of just saying, I'm coaching system, this is my system, you know, this is what we do, all right? If you have a, a kid that's competitive, that works at it, that's been scoring touchdowns all his life, he's going to do the same thing when he gets to high school and then ultimately when he gets to college. So there's no one answer for whether or not you should move them to running back. It depends on what you want to do with your offense. Either they can complete the passes or they can't. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate your time. Coach Pep, this is uh, Coach Scott. A similar situation to Coach Reinhardt and, and yourself. I've got a seventh grade quarterback son going into eighth grade um, and has boxed quite a bit as well. And so he's always been more of a, a rotational thrower and something that kind of destroys me is when people tell him to quit throwing off his back foot when in essence as long as your elbows through as long as your hips through you're you're you start from your back foot it's all about the transfer of all that so I was glad to hear kind of that aspect of things and and do you agree with that I mean how that final foot finishes as long as belly buttons forward and, and all that I feel like it doesn't matter how it gets there and no doubt about it. I think, um, and you just said it, all right? Real simple concept, all right? Finish with your belly button at the target, your belt buckle at the tar target, whatever it is, whatever, all right, uh, part of the body, all right, that's in the front of the body, you gotta rotate your hips around and finish the throw that way, okay? Um, and, and you don't have to overcoach that. You really don't have to overcoach it. I think um, a lot of times too much information, all right, is way too confusing for quarterbacks. Wouldn't you guys agree? All right. I truly think less is more from that standpoint, you know. I'm going to show you guys something. Let me pull it up. I'm going to share it. All right, one second. 
I'm gonna go way back. Uh, so one thing I, I believe, you know, you really have to work on that a lot of people don't work on is you gotta incorporate a drop back progression, a, a, a warm up, and part of your warm up routine, work on your drops, you know? For whatever reason, these quarterbacks today, they don't take drops, you know? They just, in the gun, they catch, low, catch, fake, work on your drops, you know? And um, that's one thing that I've always done. I've always broken down every part of the drop and we work on it every day, okay? We work on stance and start, separating from center, all the above. But I wanna show you just what we're talking about uh, as far as the throwing process, okay? All right, so. Once he get to that position, I call that a load position. He's loaded, all right? He is anchored, not really anchored, but 70% of his weight is on his back foot while he's transitioning his weight to his front leg, okay? All right? The only thing that we can guarantee in a game, if we're going to get a pass off, we can't guarantee you that you're going to have three yards to operate. We can only guarantee that you're going to have an opportunity within a yard, yard and a half radius to finish your belly button at the throw. So you have to rehearse that, you know? So I don't know if that answered your question, Coach, but we, we want to load that backside and push up and finish with our hips, our belt buckle, our belly button at the target. Yeah, it does. It, and, and I could even see his back leg through that kickstand kind of drags a little bit, which it doesn't matter because everything else is through. Yeah. But sometimes he would get to spinning and that back leg would come off the ground, you know? All right. If you, if, if you get them to just stay tension free in their upper body, all right, and allow their lower body to rotate to get back into balance, a lot of that takes care of itself, coach. Because I can promise you this. Any of you guys play golf? All right. Yeah. If you play golf, there's nothing that's more disturbing to the golf swing than for your swing coach to give you, all right, a coaching point to actively think about doing something. All right, it causes you not to, to do 10 other things and you never have a chance of repeating the motion or hitting the ball, right? All right? We can guarantee this, guys. If you relax your upper body and stay tension-free, your body is going to work to stay in balance. Let your body naturally rotate. It's going to work to stay in balance. So how does that apply to transferring weight? All right? Same thing. You look at his upper body, all right? It's relaxed. How do I know that? His elbows are vertical, all right? Now, when he steps, to transition his weight towards a target, all right, his body is gonna compensate for that weight transfer by working to get back to balance, okay? So I try and give triggers as opposed to things that you gotta actively think about doing, all right? And that trigger for me is, hey, and that was the cover page of this, uh, this uh, cut up that I made, I don't know how long ago, 10 years ago, was tension-free, a tension-free upper body is the key to our ability to function in the pocket, you know? All right, right here, QB drops, tension-free, ball carriage, natural body rotation. I'm still preaching the same thing. And you will see it from a back angle here. You'll see his elbows, you'll see his body rotate. All right, his eyes are downfield, his hips, in essence, are he's running back, 
and then he's working just to get himself back to balance. So there's nothing violent about the throwing process. You see that, Coach? There's yep. nothing violent. He's pushing up to get that, that back foot back underneath, okay? And then now it's just an easy transfer of the weight. In practice, we over-exaggerate our follow-through, okay? One thing that Andrew would always do in practice, I had him doing probably his freshman year, redshirt freshman year, was just get used to pinning that front arm, all right, right there on your breastplate, because that's going to help you to get your hips through, all right? That is just a trigger. That's like, a, a, not a crutch, but that's like putting a harness on him to force him now, instead of elongating the throwing process by splitting his hands, just get in the habit of just holding that hand there and forcing yourself to get the, the weight from your backside to your front side. And then once he got into a game situation, the, the throwing process, that delivery was naturally shorter just because of what he had rehearsed. So this is really just getting his hips through. Right here, you'll see it. Now you see the difference. You see how that front hand, now that he's throwing to a receiver, is still compact, but he's just getting his hips around. And you don't have to throw the ball hard, right? It's just transferring the weight, finishing with your belly button at the target. So do you see a better response from just, like you said, staying tight the entire time or a bit of a separate and then coming tight? No, coach, I'm going to tell you, ideally, just as you're rehearsing it, stay loose in the upper body. Just try and keep it tight. Okay. Let me get the hip around. Okay. Now, right-handed quarterbacks, look at this. You see the difference in the follow-through? All right. For whatever reason now, something's restricting him from getting his hips around, right? You see the back foot? He's not getting back to parallel with that right foot. You see it? Okay. All right, that's something that you have to work on. Righties, all right, at times they tend to spin going to their right. They're not as consistent. Sometimes they close their hip off, okay? All right, the only thing that, that you have to just continually work on because the way that they slot their arm, they, when the first time they picked up a rock, they damn near ingrained themselves, ingraining themselves, their throwing motion, you know what I mean? If you allowed your kid, to, to drop, you know, to drop it down to his heel and then throw it when he was young, all right? That's probably the way that he's going to throw now, okay? All right? Can it be fixed? Absolutely, all right? But right here, what you see is everything is relaxed and compact in the upper body, okay? And now it's just shifting your weight in your lower body towards the target, and your arm is going to fall. Hey, Coach, I got a question for you. This is a pretty broad question here. How would you attack – so, I, again, I'm a defensive coach. How would you go about by attacking a 4-2-5 defense? A 4-2-5 defense? Yeah. The first thing I said to you was, I'm going to make you stop the run first. All right? Right. Th think about this. Think about what happened in the NFL last year. All right? Something happened – that had to happen in the history of the National Football League, all right? The Baltimore Ravens, what they did to people running the football, it was a problem, right, you know? Um, that, is, that is the reason that, in my opinion, that 
you had some teams take a shot on quarterbacks that are non-traditional, right? I think that trend may continue, you know, all right? It's hard for offenses to pass the ball downfield against split safety defense, okay? So the way I, I want to attack a 4-2-5 is to make it a 4-3-4, <laughs> you know? Or even better than that, get everybody down in the box, force you to have to account for each gap. One safety in the post, pick and stick, let's go. That's a lot easier for the quarterback. I don't want to just throw a bunch of bubbles and, and RPOs, you know? We want to force you to take away one aspect of, uh, of what we're doing offensively. We want to dictate that you bring an extra hat in the box. Coach, real quick, if I could, I, I appreciate you being here again. I, um, my name's Kyle Smith. I went through about a, maybe an eight year career in the college ranks and coaching, went through four different states in seven years and four different schools. So I'm kind of curious, natural in the coaching world to transition from new spot to new spot. What is something that you take with you as the new guy on a staff or just moving into the job, um, kind of a philosophy or mentality behind that? Um, first, I, um, I inundate myself in the football, into the, the, the system, learning the new terminology, if there's new terminology, you know? Uh, it's, it's been a while since I've been in a situation where I've gone into a new uh, environment and had to learn a new system, you know? I've uh, been fortunate to, at least in the past, wow, um, 10 years, uh, to, to have been in a situation where I was coming in and implementing the system. So, um, you know, what I've done is, is uh, just really said, okay, all right? The plays are played, the plays are universal, you know? Whether or not you call it A, B, or C, all right, it's something that you're somewhat familiar with. And so a uh, part of learning it or learning a new language for me is just building a translation chart, you know, so that it all makes sense. Okay, well, we call it, um, we call it Scooby uh, here, okay? Uh, but in the past, I called it uh, Scrappy, you know? Mm -hmm. Or we call it Duck, and now we call it, you know, I call this Goose. And so the picture pops in my head, okay, that was my goose. But now, you know, in time, that's duck, duck, duck. Duck is now goose, you know. And uh, so building a, a, a somewhat of a translation chart um, has always been beneficial for me in learning a new language. Um, and now if it's a new concept or, or, or a play or a system that I've never um, had a chance to study or, or, or uh, get to know, then uh, of course I ask questions. I want to know uh, what's the genesis of uh, why we're doing this, and uh, and that better helps me to to uh, to coach it and uh, and to be able to troubleshoot it. How about just the dynamic of the team side of it? Your position group or the personalities in that? Like, what's the ramp up time for you to, I guess, be comfortable in that group or have everybody yeah. trust each other? Well, I, I think um, I learned this back in, say, maybe 2002, 2003. I, um, I, I, one of my first jobs in the NFL, um, it put me 
in a, a situation where I had to coach someone that was 15 years older than me, you know? And I recognized that the only way that Vinny Testaverde was, wasn't gonna tell me to go screw off was that I offered something that could help him to be better prepared for the game, you know? In professional football, the players, all they wanna know is, can you help me to get my next contract? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> in college football, all right, all the players, they want to know, all right, coach, can you help me to get to the league? In high school football, not all the players, but you have a, a, a large segment of your players that, um, coach, you know, I want to earn a scholarship, you know? Or, you know, if, if, and of course you have the kids that, hey, I just want to win. I want to be good at what I do. And so um, we always have a conversation early on about, you know, hey, man, what's your motivation? What's your why? Why do you do what you do, you know? And, and how can I help you, all right? Uh, what is it that you feel like you need to improve upon to be the best that you can be? And then I offer my opinion on that. You know, you develop uh, a, a good working relationship and then um, that'll mature to, all right, a, um, a relationship to where now the feedback all right, allows you to be intentional and very specific to fulfilling the needs that that player may have. Awesome. Thanks. In, in pro football, a lot of times you do, you have to tell them, all right, why? You know, yeah, this is why uh, we're, we're asking you to do 10 up-downs, you know? <laughs> in college football, it's because I said so. Same, <laughs> you know? <laughs> all right, guys, anybody else is good? Chris, you good? Yeah, I'm good, boss. All right, guys. All right, man, I appreciate this. Um, I have you, Chris, uh, doing this. I, I really enjoyed it because, once again, guys, I'm always practicing, all right, just different ways to, to sell my message, to articulate my thoughts, to, to be able to answer a question in, uh, in, in off, the, off the cuff in, in a short amount of time. Uh, that's the essence of what we do. We got to have answers, right? All right. And then we got to have tools. We got to have resources. We got to have reference points to help us to, um, to, uh, to, to teach and, uh, and ultimately help guys realize their full potential. All right. Thanks, guys.